0: Welcome back to Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now is Pam Maldonado from Yahoo Sports and the Stack of Stats podcast. Follow her on Twitter at PamelaM35. We're going to talk about the PGA Championship here. And even though Scotty Scheffler is the favorite, and I know there are many, many reasons why betting on the favorite to win a major, you know, can be a little tricky. At the same time, there are some projections out there that do suggest that even at plus 750, there may be some value to bet on him outright. What is your take on Scheffler's chances to win this thing? And are there perhaps other ways to play Scheffler that are Mm -hmm. safer bets?
1: The way that I would play Shuffler and even players like Rory, uh, even Rory McElroy or John Rahm, because they're such heavy favorites and you're getting them at like 10 to 1 or below. I would just wait until after the first round to see if you can grab a better number. And even if it's like 9 to 1, 10 to 1, 11 to 1, that's still better than the 7 to 1 that you're grabbing. But (laughs) Scotty Scheffler, he all deserves all the credit in the world for being such a low favorite. I I don't know if I would consider 7 to 1 value, (laughs) even in such a field that Mm -hmm. is like this, where you have 99 of the top 100 players in the field. There's a lot of players that can contend here on this course because I'm looking for solid ball strikers and somebody who has the ability to putt on these surfaces. And that's what Scheffler's problem area is. He's been one of the best ball strikers on tour, but he can't putt. And so until he like, when it comes together though, he ends up coming out with a win as we've seen in previous tournaments. But just at the the number of 7-1, I don't love it. Instead, I would wait for after the first round and see if he can grab something better then.
2: All right Pam, which golfers do you have circled? Uh however you're attacking it whether it's outright or in some other markets.
1: There's four players that I like this week and maybe one of my favorites is Terrell Hatton and He's not going to get a lot of love because he's not the Rory McElroy's. He's not the Scheffler's. He's not the ROMs, but he's still such a great ball striker on tour. And I've just been high on him all season long, just like I have been with Jason Day. So I'm very on the very high on the belief that a win is coming for Hatton. He's top 20 in the field for ball striking. He has three straight top 20 finishes back to back top fives. And I saw him at the Valero Texas open, which has got me um, really more interested in him because I saw the vulnerabilities of his game and I know that he he missed the kite at the Valero Texas open, but the wind was like 40 mile per hour winds. He's rebounded strongly since he's gained strokes, both around the green and putting. So you combined the ball striking ability with his short game ability. And that's exactly what this type of, uh, what this course needs in order for you to contend and he's done well in previous courses, uh, previous majors before in big field, strong field events, T11 at the open runner up in the players. I know that Terrell Hatton is going to get a win. (laughs) I just, I'm just hoping that it's this week. Uh, If it's not Hatton, I also love Xander Shoffley. Um, Honestly, he's just consistent player and that's kind of what you want when you're betting somebody in the top 20 market top 10 market is he can't really do any wrong and he had a little blip there in his game he was losing strokes off the tee in three straight tournaments back in March he's cleaned that up since he has six straight top 20 finishes five of which are in the top 10 and he's come close in majors before he's taken runner up in a couple of the 2019 masters in the 2018 open if you have a player that has kind of not a blip in his game overall. How do you not bet him to win as an outright? So, those are my two strongest picks to win this week for the PGA Championship. Um, a little bit more, less confident, but I feel like they can still contend. Players like Patrick Cantlay. I, of course, love Scotty Scheffler. I'm rooting for him as a fellow longhorn. And then somebody that uh, really is a little bit further down the board is Sung I feel like he just doesn't get enough credit for him because he's not. A flamboyant player. He's not um, somebody that gets a lot of like media attention. He's very under the radar. But Jae Im is coming off a win last week. Granted, it was on the Korean tour, but he's coming into this with some form. He's one of the better players. Solid off the tee. He has a great iron play. He's so he's one of the top ball strikers. And it coincides with what I was saying about Hatton. He's really good around the green. And these greens are really, really small. So you're likely to be missing them at Oak Hill Country Club really small grains. There's a lot of undulation. The sands, the sand traps are just like absurd, like wall. And so he's really good out of the bunkers. So I think Sanjay M really has a chance here to contend.
2: Ah, that was going to be my next question because you're also talking about consistency. And M's just been consistent as well. And this course seems to fit what he is good at so i'll go somewhere else what about you mentioned jason day he won at the byron nelson last week how do you
1: think this course fits what he's good at i love jason day and he's been one of the players i have been shouting it through the rooftops day is going to win day is going to win and the one week that he wins is the one week that i did not have him <laughs> so i'm really oh. like bummed about- I'm oh, so no. bummed about that. Um, it's really unfortunate. But yes, Jason Day does have the skill set to do well at this course because he's one of those solid from every angle type of players. Great off the tee, good irons, short game is is like on point. Um, but the problem for me is that he's coming off a win. <laughs> and so I haven't seen, yeah. I knew that a win was coming for him. I, I'm not definitely not expecting back to back wins for him to doing so well in like this strong of a field. Um, But I do love him. If you can find him as a good value for a top 20, I think that's a good opportunity. Can he contend again? Absolutely, because he is one of the better just short game players on in the in the field. And that's where he was struggling there for a little bit was off the tee. He gained four strokes last week at the Byron Nelson. But that's an entirely different course where the winning score was what? Minus 20 something. Now the winning score is expected to be probably closer to minus five, minus eight, five, five under eight under. So this is going to be a lot more difficulty, uh, a lot more difficult. And there's a lot of players that can kind of fit that mold of very difficult course. The, the weather conditions are also going to be different. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy at least there for the first day or two. So the conditions are going to change. So I wouldn't, want to back Jason Day as an outright, I would more so be looking for like a top 20 option if you can find
0: yeah, the Byron Nelson is getting into Bob Hope territory as far as what kind of scores we're looking at here. Uh, last time we had you on to preview the Masters, uh, we talked at great length about live tour players. Should you naturally fade mm-hmm. them because they're playing in different courses? Maybe the competition isn't at fierce. You know, certainly the format is drastically different. And when you look at how live tour players uh, finished at the Masters, for the most part, it felt like it was, you know, there were, there were most expectations sort of met in terms of like Brooks Koepka, someone like that. Obviously, Phil Mickelson was the biggest outlier in terms of uh, nearly winning the darn thing. Uh, but have you revised at all your evaluations and analyses of live tour players as far as fading them? Or are there a couple of outliers that maybe should be worth a look?
3: Selling a little or a lot. up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
1: no I mean yeah definitely last time I was the type of person that was like don't bet live I don't want nothing to do with it. But they all kind of proved that it doesn't matter if you're playing golf, you're playing golf, you're coming into this ready, it doesn't matter if it's four days of golf, three days of golf, they're still playing and that's what matters, Um, even if it is on easier courses on the live tour than it is here. However, it's just I'm a data based analysis. So I have no data to go off of for live. (laughs) So what I can use is kind of just like a general synthesis of this is how they used to be prior to leaving the live. All we have are strokes gain total, so it looks like they're doing well, and does the course still fit their skill set? So kind of combine all of those things into, can they work out this week? Brooks Kepka definitely is somebody that's always going to be in consideration, just because he is one of those players that good off the tee, great iron play, he's solid all around. Cam Smith is most intriguing to me, because I feel like even if he doesn't have the distance, I don't really care for distance on this tournament. Uh, the fairways are really narrow and there's like very narrow landing spots because you either have like a bunker right smack in the middle. There's some tree lined fairways. So I'm looking for more precision and camp Smith kind of has that. And he was always one of the better players with his short game, which is why he did so well because he was so solid off around the green and he could just putt like no tomorrow. So I think if anybody would fit this tournament, I'd be interested more so in Cam Smith over somebody like a Brooks Kepka. Dustin Johnson is also intriguing because he seems to be doing well as far as strokes gain total. But there's a Middle Pereira, I feel like he's also um I was high on him t- For the Masters, and he didn't do so well, but I think he's coming into this with a lot more better form potentially than what he had then. But I think Cam Smith, if there's one live player that I would have to pick this week, it would probably be Cam Smith. He has three straight top six finishes on the live tour, gaining six plus strokes total in each of those tournaments. And this course, because of the greens, because of the bank grass history that he has, it really fits the mold for what something for a Cam Smith.
2: Pam, for uh, bettors that come in, on uh, not every week like you, but some other bettors that just come in around majors time. It gets them excited for golf. They know they're going to spend the weekend watching, and they want to have some action on it. And it can be overwhelming if you're not used to it. So I'm wondering, after you do all your handicapping, before the tournament starts, what does your card look like? There are some bettors that strictly do outrights, some mm. that stick heavy with matchups. Some go top 20, three ball, you know, by round or round by round matchups. Where do you uh, put to put the majority of your focus with your golf betting?
1: Head-to-head matchups. That is your bread and butter. That is where you are going to make your money. Um, just because it's one person against one person and they don't know they're playing against each other. So it's not like it's a, really competitive. It's just whatever the sports book put together. But there's, that's where all the value lies because more often than not, you're betting like minus 110, minus 120, potentially even getting plus money. Like last week, I ended up betting Terrell Hatton uh, as an underdog against Scotty Scheffler. That was a push, but he was plus 200 to win in that matchup. And Scheffler was near minus 300 favorite. So you're looking for opportunities like that. And if they hit, wonderful. But head-to-head matchups is where you want to put your focus on. Your regular no. one-unit size bets. And once you start doing the places of top 20, top 10s, top 5s, I personally don't touch the top 5 market at all. And it's rare that I do the top 10 market because I'm only like putting my trust into players like a Scotty Shuffler, like a Terrell Hatton, the players who are consistently doing well week after week those are the ones that I trust for a top 10. But more so, my focus is head-to-heads and top 20s. I'm very conservative. So if I'm getting, like, plus money, even money, even, like, minus 105 for a top 20, that's solid for me, and I will take that. And, of course, do, sprinkling do, a little bit on the outrights.
2: Sure, of course, you have to. Do you do you, uh, do you strictly stick with tournament matchups for all four days or, you know, two days if, I do. if they get caught, I don't really or like do, to do, do, round, do by round Okay.
1: Yeah, I do full tournament head to head. I don't. I personally don't like round by round because I don't get to watch all four days of golf. Mostly, I watch on Sundays and seeing how things close out. But the end for tournaments like this, we don't really get the strokes gain data. Um, so you really have to do the research of, well, they made a bogey here. This is where their landing was. It's just a lot of homework for a single round. Plus, the weather conditions change. And I have, I put more trust into, I know you're a better player overall, so I'm going to give you four days to figure it out, as opposed to, well, I hope today is the day that you're doing well.
2: (laughs) I love it. As you're doing your research, have you, was there anyone where you're like, man, I think this guy's just going to be a bust at this tournament, that maybe there's Mm. some value, uh, miss the cut, or just a, a complete stay away?
1: Max Homa. Um, he's one of the players that I, I know he gets a lot of love every week and I understand Mm -hmm. it. Like Max Homa clearly has the ability here to do like a good things, except one, he's coming into this with like not great form. He's lost strokes off the tee on his approach in multiple tournaments in his last few off the tee. I mean, he's losing three, four, five strokes off the tee. This is not the type of course that you want to miss off the tee because they have, they've now added some like in fairway uh, out of bounds areas. So that way you can't cut corners. The rough is really thick. There's bunkers either right smack in the middle of the green, there's tree-lined fairways, it, there's a lot of undulation, So, and then the weather conditions. So I just really feel like Max Homa is, for one, not coming into this with good form. Number two, he has yet to prove that he can contend in some of these super strong field events. If you look at his previous history with playing the US Open, the Players Championship, the Masters, even previous PGA Championships. He's missed the cut, like, pretty frequently. (laughs) So, I mean, he's coming into this as an underdog in some of the tournament matchups. But I would also look to him to maybe miss the cut. Despite him, uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, he played the Wells Fargo Championship. He had a T8. That was his first tournament that he's gained strokes in every category in, like, a while. And before that, he had a T43, back-to-back missed cuts. So, I'm less inclined to believe that Max Homa is going to contend here.
0: About 60 seconds left here, Pam. You talked about uh, loving to bet on matchups. Who do you have on your card right now?
1: Well, there's, two, there's two matchups. that, I, I mean, One I just mentioned, uh, kind of. It's Max Homa as an underdog to Terrell Hatton. I love Terrell Hatton in this spot. He's minus 150 over Homa, who's plus 115 underdog. But Hatton, if I believe that he's going to win hundred percent I'm gonna be taking him to do well in a matchup. But they're just talk it's two separate players going in different directions. Hatton, I believe, is just has the trajectory right now to win a tournament this week. And Max Homa feels like he's trying to find his form again. And maybe he can find it here at this tournament. Like I said, with his off the tee numbers, it's just very difficult for me to believe that he has a chance to contend. The other head-to-head matchup that I like is Matthew Fitzpatrick, minus 130 over Cam Smith. I don't want to fade the live players, but I think Matthew Fitzpatrick, (laughs) he has really found his form here. And I think he's playing better golf now than when he was playing great golf last year. He's already won the RBC Heritage. He's great off the tee. His iron play has bounced back in a big way. But more importantly, he's one of the best short game players in the field, both around the green and especially with his putting. And bentgrass Grass surface is his best putting surface. So I think he really has a chance here to finish not only in the top 20, contend here for a top 10. And Cam Smith, it's really just a, I don't know what you've done lately, but I just trust the consistency of Matthew Fitzpatrick right now.
0: Good stuff. Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sports and the Stack of Stats podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will look at the home run leader uh, market in Major League Baseball and uh, wherever else we can find some value at the quarter poll mark. Right here on the BetQL Network.